okay, you psychos, summer vacation is over, Halloween is coming in fast, and that can only mean one thing, it's showtime. Yes, we are alive and well. Welcome to the Scarifier Podcast right here on Anchor. I am the Ace. I am the Gov. And I'm Quinn. And you are in the house that Psycho built. Um, how you guys been? It's been a minute. Yeah, you know, it's... uh been quite the summer very eventful and by that i mean not eventful at all i'm ready to get out of the house <laughs> oh we all are um well we thank you all for joining us here on scarifier might sound a little bit different today because we are practicing social distancing still but summer vacation's over halloween is right around the corner and this is our time to shine Woo-hoo. so we welcome you to anchor and to scarifier and we also want to welcome two new platforms to um, the show, Apple Podcasts and CastBox. Um, if you're discovering the show uh, through those platforms, we welcome you. You are a part of the Psycho Nation. Branching out, branching out. Getting busy. All right, guys. So um, uh, being we t- if we've taken a little bit of a break, I thought it would be a good idea to just kind of catch up on um, things that have been going on around the genre since we've been off and have a little open discussion on a couple of topics. How's that sound to you guys? Sounds good. I'm game. It's going to be pretty interesting with, you know, the way the <clears throat> movie industry is right now. There, We can't really talk about movies that have come out because nothing's really nothing's happened. come out, <laughs> but Hey, we can hope for the best. Well, exactly. And that brings me to my uh, first topic of discussion. Uh, Candyman uh, was supposed to come out in September, got moved to October, and now is bumped to um, 2021 without an official release date. Yeah. yeah this, oh, you... this is its fourth re-release date. I don't think the horror gods want this to happen. It, it sure looks like it. I, <laughs> what does this do to the uh, not only the horror movies, but films in general? I mean, everything's on a stalemate. Well, I mean, it's really tough because, as you said, everything's on a stalemate. So everything we're going to get next year, hopefully knock on wood, when this crisis is over, you're really looking at a year or two old product. So you're, you're counting on past residuals to save your box office. And then you got movies like... Uh, Christopher Nolan's tenant that's trying to uh, bring the box office back, but it's not exactly happening because no one really feels safe to go. There's pros and cons to that. The pro is that, um, you know, it's some kind of normalcy, but the con is no one wants to go to the theaters to see it. So is it better for movies like Candyman to constantly push back their release date 
in lieu of putting it on VOD or instant streaming, or should they just cave in and do that? I don't know. I get that they're trying to make their money back, but on the other hand, you have to adapt to the times that we're facing right now. So either you want to survive in the environment that we're in right now, or you just want to keep pushing it back and you have the possibility of even technology advancing for that matter. So your movie that was done two years ago could look outdated. So you really want to run that risk. I, I just think it's stupid. I understand wanting to wait for theater because studios want to make their money back. But on the other hand, what choice do you have? Wouldn't you rather have your product out? I mean, that was going to be my next question. What is the movie business after this? Because it is a business and, um, I know there's a lot of streaming supporters out there, but I don't care what you say, unless you um, you're getting people at 15 bucks a ticket, you're not making your money back. Well, that's the thing. I guess I'm going to answer your question with another question. Uh, Put aside, you know, the current state of the world with COVID and all this craziness. Even when this is all over, could we be looking at the death of cinema? No. You don't think so? I certainly hope not. With, with well, I mean, me, I'm with you on that, but like mm-hmm. with how convenient this is, and and even when this is over, people are going to be scared to go to the theaters. Okay. If they announce tomorrow that there's no longer a threat, which is COVID nineteen, do you really think people are going to be rushing to the cinemas right away? I'd certainly be afraid for producers and theater holders' uh, lives because I mean, you have dedicated fan base i mean people get so stingy about even like sticking to like a comic book movie you really think that movie heads are just gonna let that go unless they can find out a way to make their bottom line look at the mulan situation okay yeah they're gonna have to find out a way to do it but that's not something that's just gonna oh well you know it's the death of cinema oh well i don't i don't think so i mean i don't want it to go away fan support there's no way. And there are people who want to go for the experience. So those people are going to keep it thriving. So I don't think it's – they'll figure out a way. I don't know how great of an idea it is. I don't know if it's going to be a solid idea, but it's not just something that's going to sink and streaming is going to take over. I don't believe that for a second. I think that streaming is going to be a really strong contender – but I don't think it's going to drown it out completely. No. I think once everything clears up, you'll see, yeah, uh, a good chunk of the population would be timid to go back into a movie theater. But I think more people will go to those than not because, you know, they're sick of and tired of staying inside. Um, And I just can't see the studios now giving up so much money just to make a bottom line. I mean, you, you think about your uh, Disney plus, you know, they put a movie on there. You have to spend 20 bucks for a one-time watch. You invite 10 of your friends over. Well, that's 15 bucks a person. You're not, you know, getting your money from at a movie theater. Exactly. So I, so I can actually see the studios reinventing the movie theater experience just to get that money and to get that draw. Exactly. Whatever that is. Whatever that is, you know, those are people who are smarter than me to figure out. But I'm, I can see a new 
generation and a new way of going to the movies after this. So then why don't they do like so many other companies are doing? Why don't they do like a reservation system? <laughs> Listen, uh, you know, it's- we <laughs> don't get into, <laughs> you know, the, the, this whole like the Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we we can we we can go down a long, irritating political road, but that's not what this show's about. Um, okay, so to get back on track, I don't know if it's wise for Candyman to keep pushing their release back because they're obviously trying to wait to get that theater experience. They want people to go to the cinemas sure. to pay to see this movie, but is that doing more harm than good at this I, point? I say more harm. I think it's more harm too because look at movies like um, Bill and Ted Face the Music. The movie was extremely successful by going to VOD. Yes, it got released to theaters, a very few amount of th- theaters, but it got released. But its revenue from VOD made the film, yeah, made the film a financial success. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, you can then you can make the argument that maybe it depends on the uh, the movie and the product itself. I mean. Does Candyman as a franchise, you know, is that worth a billion dollars? You know, is that going to make, you know, so much money at the movie theater? Bill and Ted probably wasn't, you know. I, I disagree it, with that. We, 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 well, no, no, because we're not, we're not talking like Batman or Superman here. You know, a movie that you're going to put out in the theater and it's, you know, just going to, explode you know you're talking very niche audiences here for what Candyman or bill and ted because <laughs> the argument i would candy man candy well, no the argument i would make oh is the difference is that Candyman is a respected franchise yes but it only has one successful film and we saw that 30 years ago yeah um right so this is very much a reboot to start something new, and that's what they want to capitalize on. I say they could do that by going to VOD. I think somebody would be more inclined to go to the theaters to see more of an event movie like a Bill and Ted, something we haven't seen in so long, something that's been eagerly awaited, yeah. versus here's a, another reboot slash remake of an old horror franchise. Well, I guess you know only time will tell. 2021 is a few months away. So let's uh, let's move on to the next topic. And if, and if you, uh, the listener, uh, if you have an opinion, if um, pushing the uh, release date back hurts or benefits Candyman, feel free to let us know in the comments um, wherever you're listening to this. But um, moving on, did you guys watch Eli Roth's um, History of Horror? No, but I want to. I keep hearing good things about it. Well, Is anyone- you suck because it was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I'm sorry that I don't live and, up to uh, your standards. And, 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 and it's streaming on Shutter, which I know you have, plus the uh, extended cut. I'm disappointed in you. Am I getting graded on this? <laughs> <laughs> You're still new. You, you got to earn some points here. <laughs> uh, Gov? No, I did not. Think. Eli Ross. Uh, <laughs> What's that? No, I did not see it. <laughs> you did, oh Jesus! You didn't watch it either. No, but it's okay. Oh, it's okay if you missed it. I'm a I'm a, I'm a co-founder of this podcast. It, it's okay. I can judge and not be judged. Yeah. 
I understand. Well, well, all right. Well, this is going to be a short time because you guys uh, apparently have some homework to do. Um, get on Shutter and watch uh, Eli Roth's History of Horror season one because on October tenth, season a two begins with with uh, six episodes. And um, you know, because you guys didn't watch the series, I'm not going to go into much more than that. Check it out on AMC, October tenth. Even though I haven't seen it, I will criticize one thing, which is horror icon Megan Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me? Well, You're in one you know, horror film and you are an icon, kid. I guess you, a lot of people would be icons with that. Everybody would be an icon. Are you kidding me? Because mm-hmm. anyone's thinking of Well... <laughs> You know what? You guys even watched the first season, so uh, oh, absolutely. we're not going to talk. Who are you to at all? criticize? <laughs> discussion is closed. No, okay. <laughs> well, listen. All right, we're gonna, we're going to move on to something that's probably going to piss all three of us off. Halloween yeah. Kills. <laughs> another movie that's been pushed. Uh, another movie that's been pushed to twenty twenty. Is anyone really surprised? No. No, no, but and this is a movie that it's going to make its money. But see, I guess that's where um, the difference is between something like this and Candyman. This is already established. It had a fairly successful movie in 2018, so people will hold out to see the sequel, especially with how it's being amped up by like Carpenter and everyone else. Well, well, and and that's uh, primarily uh, what I want to talk about. Um, in this part of the show is um, there was um, leaks, um, plot leaks and story leaks. I personally haven't read them because I don't want to read them before I see the movie. Um, oh. But the general consensus I'm getting from uh, what other podcasts are saying and what the internet's saying is that this movie is extremely violent. And well, uh, for us, almost to a almost 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 to a cartoonish level, and um, some are really questioning if they're going to be able to pull this off. Well, off. fortunately for us, Quinn did look into those leaks. So take it away, Quinn. Yeah. So according to a couple of sources, one of the major leaks that I have found on the internet is that the original house from the the very first film they're using as a filming location. So there's a bunch of theories going around. Is this going to be a flashback movie? Is this going to be a finishing it where it all started movie? There's a bunch of different debate as to whether the still of this house is going to lead in one direction or another. I personally think it would be awesome if Lori and Michael face off in that house. Someone, someone's going to die in this film. Oh, yeah. I have a feeling it's going to be Laurie, unfortunately, which would be her third time. Um, But if that's how we're going to leave it off, as in like a final face-to-face in the house, I would love to see that. That would be great. Well, I mean, they did um, rebuild the house from uh, yeah. the first movie. Um, they, they did shoot a flashback that kind of wrecked John Carpenter's ending. He put a kibosh to it. It was the only thing he told uh, Blumhouse and David Gordon Green that they couldn't do. 
which uh, the final fight um, in the upstairs room, uh, the one that Lori gets thrown out in 2018, if you look closely, it's the room that she's attacked in in the final scene of Halloween. No, yeah, you, yeah, we covered that when we did the 2018 movie hit link here. But yeah, it is a recreation of the room. But the thing that I am so jazzed about this movie is how much John Carpenter is praising this movie, how much he is amping this movie. He's saying it's going to be brutal and it's aggressive. And he even said it's a quintessential slasher movie. Your traditional slasher movie cranked up a hundred notches. And he is so excited for everybody to see it for some crazy, creepy reason. That makes me like super excited. If John Carpenter's jazzed about this, I'm ready for it. The thing you got to, yeah, didn't, didn't he also say that the yeah, he also say that the kill count was insane too? Say it again. Didn't he say that the kill count yes, was insane he said as well? It's probably going to be the most out of any of them. It's going to be really aggressive. Well, that movie. makes me beg the question. <laughs> well, that almost makes you beg the question: Is that Halloween for a finale? I don't see why not. It's not a finale. Well, it's, it's not the finale. It's Halloween ends is the finale. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess you can't go balls to the walls yet. I guess you gotta... So then what are they gonna do with Halloween ends? Well, here's the thing is, I think... There's a good question. I think that Lori won't make it to the end of this movie. So then who's gonna finish the end of it? Probably the grand. If I had to guess, with the way I know how stories work in movies, it's gonna pass it over to the granddaughter and she's going to take it up and we're going to have a big finale with Halloween ends. I really, I'd be surprised and you never know. I'd be surprised if Jamie Lee Curtis survived the end of Halloween kills. I want her to live so bad because I love that woman. We all do. (laughs) Uh, So then that's a really good question. So Halloween 2018 would be a good kick a hornet's nest. And then what, this is your middle. So this is Michael getting angry and agitated and determined and then your third movie is going to be the humongous explosion everything just crashes down done is that what we're looking at exactly it's complete star wars you got the second movie that's going to be the dark so, one where the adversary comes up on top and so then, then the third your, one is the redemption so then it's your stereotypical trilogy yeah yeah well damn <laughs> But 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 there's my question though. If it really is going to be this brutal and intense and humongous kill count like uh, John Carpenter is claiming it to be, that there's my question: Is it Halloween? Because that's really not what the Halloween franchise and the movies all about. Mm-hmm. You know, it spawned other movies that had giant kill counts and a, and was a gore fest and was this, that, and the other thing. But is that Halloween? Well, here's the thing about John Carpenter. Um, yes. In comparison to the original movie, no, that's kind of off the wall a little bit. But you got to remember, John Carpenter's a very quirky guy. His tastes are very out there. So there's one word that I'm looking at with these leaks, and that's cartoonish. And I could see him supporting right. something like that, that it's so off the wall, it's so bizarre that he would actually get a kick out of it. I mean, this is the guy who gave us the thing, for Christ's sakes. Um, 
that's where I can see it landing in his wheelhouse. Also, for all you Halloween files out there, if you uh, look up his treatment for a Halloween 4 that he made for the Cannon Group back in the uh, early 80s, it was a crazy movie where Michael Myers ended up being like a weird phantom from another dimension and he had tentacle arms and stuff like that. He's a, he's a strange guy who likes his sci-fi and likes his bizarre imagery. So it was the thing. So it, it doesn't cost me anything to believe he would be be behind something that's quote unquote cartoony. Yeah. I mean, I guess so, but you know, he also, you know, he dropped being executive producer and dropped being um, involved at the beginning of this thing. So, you know, what the quotes we're hearing is, is that John Carpenter being genuine or is this like a Ghostbusters effect with the original Ghostbusters saying that the 2016 movie was fantastic because they're being paid. That's to do a very it. good point. That could be another thing. Because, I mean, if we remember when the Halloween Kills began production, like I just said, John Carpenter jo- uh, drops out of being executive producer and basically says all he wants to do is the music wants nothing else to do with it. And now it's the greatest slasher movie of all time. Or what happens if it's just something as simple as he wanted to take his hands out of it and just see where everybody else was going to take it. Almost like taking like a backseat type idea. His quote was he wants to sit back and enjoy it as a fan. Exactly. While he works on the music. And he has said that they have done a, amazing and fantastic job so whether that is genuinely something that fans are gonna be going crazy over or if it is something like gov said and it's just crazy and cartoony and out there either way it could just be him taking a back seat and enjoying okay you know and i'm hoping that that that's the case because you guys know me halloween's my favorite horror franchise however Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Ivor Reitman all said yeah, the same damn yeah. thing. No. Um, okay, so, your point is valid. You know, your point so, is valid. Okay, so we have yeah. all learned an important lesson yeah. today. Ace has an issue with the Ghostbusters movies, and he is very protective over the Halloween <laughs> franchise. That, <laughs> hey, you know, we all have our things. Go watch uh, History of Horror, please. Are you being endorsed to put the series over? Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, but speaking of things that uh, we get agitated about, we're going to go on to our next go. topic, <laughs> Screen 5. Yeah, we're going to Quint, uh, guys. <laughs> um, so, so uh, Screen 5, yes, uh, production has officially begun. It started last week, stopped for three days because three um, crew members got COVID, resumed... Um, Monday, and the entire original cast is back for this go-around. Uh, Roger L. Jackson is back as the voice of Ghostface. Um, there's a whole giant brand-new cast, including Cuba Gooding Jr.'s kid, Jack Quaid. Um, let's see, who else have we got here? Um, Marley uh, uh, Shelton from Scream 4 is back as Hicks. So the question I put out there is, what is this? Because I've heard it's a reboot, a relaunch, a sequel. Guys, what I is it? I truly think that it's going to be a segue for a new group 
of people and your original cast are almost going to be like background characters, like almost like a passing the torch I agree. type idea. They're just going to be kind of there for show because I truly do believe in the theory that we're going to be focusing on these people over here, this group of kids over here. And yeah, you're going to see Sydney and Gail and Dewey and all of them. And that's great. And maybe one of them, maybe all of them die in this next one. That's up for a huge debate. Um, but I really think that it's going to be focusing on other people. I, I agree. It's going to be a passing of the torch movie. They're going to put their final stamp on this franchise, this legacy, and then they're going to give it to a new group of, kids. Group of people. Yeah. Um, how, how do you feel about the rumors that uh, Bill okay. and Stu uh, might be returning? I don't see. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't see Billy coming back at all. I would personally, and I know I'm going to upset a lot of people. I would love it if Stu came back. Not hold on. Just because I'm a huge Matthew Lillard fan. But because I think that would be like the craziest twist of all. Sue was alive this entire time and helped this crazy train keep on rolling. And think about that moment when he comes face to face with Sydney. I think that'd be great. Well, he's always had a thing for her. We know that. <laughs> um, and as much as I would love to see Shaggy back on the screen... I'll talk about Billy for a second. Um, yeah, he caught a bullet to the head. I really don't see him returning. Zombies can't even come back from that. Or if he does return, he might not be the same Billy we remember. Um, as far as Stu goes and Matthew Lillard, here's my only problem with it. Yes, it would be great band service. It would be absolutely awesome to see the older interpretation of Stu returning to uh, essentially if our our theories are correct put a final chapter closing the book on this legacy that is scream my only thing about that is there's three prior movies leading up to this where the fuck has he been he was behind the scenes helping orchestrate every single little thing and not well, let's play with the idea that Stu is actually a genius i know it's kind yeah of- okay. Stu's the genius <laughs> out of the two yeah uh-huh out of the two the brains behind the operations is fucking Stu. well to be fair randy was supposed to be able to be smart enough to know how to live through a horror movie and he got chopped up so ah he was distracted come on Still, and Lori Metcalf can kill anyone. I know because she doesn't blink, she doesn't miss anything. Yeah, um, no, but let's just say Stu was behind this the entire time. The third one, you know, but think about it. Well, here's the thing just to put it in context, what really kicked off all these rumors that one of these two characters might be back is um, Marley uh, Shelton uh, put a tweet out that like congratulated everybody for coming back and starting to do the movie and she tagged the entire cast well in her tag uh she tagged Steve Ulrich which got all the fans going crazy maybe and then and then and then the tweet Uh, and then the tweet got taken down supposed to do that 
and that kicked off the rumors and that, you know, then the debates that, well, Stu could still yeah. be alive. He only had the TV blow up on his head. Knock it off. Here's the thing about if <laughs> Stu survived that. Okay, you got one who's a police sheriff at this time. You have another one who is a hard-nosed investigative reporter. You really think no one bothered to check if he died or not? Okay, not is- to mention the entire crime scene? It is the movie's. It's not supposed to be consistent or make sense. So we're supposed to be stupid as the audience members. Yes. yes. <laughs> if you didn't hear that, Quinn nodded and said, yes, <laughs> we're supposed to be morons. Oh, so it's okay when it comes to the screen. Okay, but we I get, won't attack you know, your Halloween, baby you know. anymore there, Ace, okay? <laughs> I'm not in the room with this because we're not talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, hey, you, That's hey, why you. I'm not in the room with Everyone this. Everyone loves Freddy, we know. <laughs> We'll save that for another show. <laughs> but all right, so so um, stuff came out about Scream. Uh, we got a new logo, and uh, this is going to make the gov really happy. It's the same lettering as before, but it's got a red slash through the side, and there's no five. So that's leading everybody to believe that this uh, Scream 5 is going to be called how fucking original. Gov, how do you feel about this? with the name. I know. Just change the logo slightly, and it's a totally different movie. They should have gone with Stab. They really should have gone with Stab. <laughs> I would have so much more respect for this movie if they call it Stab. <laughs> uh, again. Well, I mean, we, I, I was about to say, we all know how you felt about Halloween. when they, well, that, that, Halloween That's what I was just about Halloween. to say. Click here again to listen to this episode. I'll go on a huge rant about the laziness of movie titles, especially in horror. I mean, and you know what? Just to change up the pace a little bit, I won't go on that rant again, but I will just say this. Isn't this exactly what we were satirizing in Scream 4? Not nine years ago. Well, the the difference is, is Wes Craven is now dead, so and no one's that smart. No, 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 but so. with him. I mean, I agree. I agree with that. But uh, Kevin Williamson wrote it, and yeah. as far as I can, I'm concerned he's involved in this, is he not? I that I'm okay, not maybe sure. Someone in the Psycho Nation can comment and say if Kevin Williamson is involved yeah. in this yeah. fifth movie at all. But even still, come on. It's almost like we are making the movie they were making fun of in Scream 4. What I'm stuck on right now is the fact that nobody knew the answer to the Kevin Williamson question. And yet we're getting pinned for not watching the Eli Roth series. Yeah. Where are we on Ace's ass? I know. What's up, Ace? Well, well, well here's the thing is uh, Ace has Wikipedia up right now and Kevin Williamson – is not, not it's not so everyone uh, could be a moron on this film. Anything, yeah. Well, that makes me feel that makes <laughs> yeah. me feel better. Everyone's in that. Yeah, I'll take that back. He's he's executive producer. I was about to say. So, so he takes the page. Probably just there and then. Yeah, but yeah, he's not writing anything. He's not so he's doing any sort of screenplay. He's not doing jack shit. In an election year. So, anybody else want to talk about the theory of Kirby <laughs> possibly coming back? You mean hashtag justice for Kirby? Yeah, David Arquette is totally 100% behind it. And I'm not going to lie, if there was a logical way aha, to bring her back, I'd be all for it. I liked her. Kirby was one of the few, very few characters of Scream 4 that I actually I liked. I actually liked. 
So I would rather see her come back over this officer, whoever. Um, the wide-eyed, freaky officer. But it just makes zero sense. It might not make sense. How would it? Whoa, hold on. How would it not make sense? She's dead. She well, died. Apparently, so is Billy and Sue, but they might be bringing them back. I mean, if we're just throwing out all logic and we're doing like an "I always know what you did last summer" type deal, um. I, I guess so, but she gets gutted by one of the Culkin brothers. That's terrifying enough in its own right. Culkin brothers, enough said. But Ace, how do you feel? I don't really have a dog in the race. I, honestly, I, I don't really care. She was a good character. She <laughs> was the she comes back or not. She was a very good character. I mean, I look, I'm probably one of the few people who what? really, really like Scream 4. So, okay, well, um, why? Yeah, I really like Scream 4. Why? I thought it was a. I thought it was. A, they did a good job. I, I thought. I thought it was a good way to uh, satire. Um, Which apparently we're throwing out the window. Remakes and still. Uh, <laughs> well, it was adequate. I, I like it as much as I like Scream Two. I suppose. I, I thought Rom. I, I thought it was one of the better sequels. Absolutely amazing, and that sequel was a godsend. You want to hit them hard? You talk about Halloween Six. It was great. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to figure uh, out mean, a way to hurt your feelings and it's listen, not working. Listen, we can, no, it, it really isn't. <laughs> no, I enjoyed Scream 4. I, I thought it had a, a good twist with the, the cousin. Um, I liked how they uh, played off how stupid reboots and remakes are and uh, I enjoyed seeing the, um, I say- the extension of the original cast. You know, and for Wes Cra- and for Wes Craven's last movie, uh, that's where I, I go. Uh, for his final movie, I mean, I guess as a franchise fan, it could be worse. But a final movie for him to go out on, yeah, I would have liked to see one more Wes Craven movie. But in terms of Scream Four, I will say this: I liked the idea. I like the idea of original versus reboots, which I guess we're totally negating with this fifth one. Uh, Actually, the fifth one, it is a relaunch. I know, hence why what I'm talking about right now. I did like the... What, 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 what do you mean by negating? Because they did say that uh, Scream 1... Uh, yeah, that's great, one but is canon if for this the movie. theme of the fourth film yeah. is how Sydney proclaims it at the end, first rule of a remake you don't fuck with the original but that's what we're doing what here we're by how are we fucking with the original with this new movie how about the fucking title if it's going to be like a relaunch of scream so call it something else call it stab we covered this scream five, scream five you know, you I guess. Scream exactly five. you don't have to get lazy and you don't have to but that is hollywood that's what we do now but that's the thing is like I, I call it the Google search title selection. Why? Because it's like the most they thing. they want whatever you type into Google. They want whatever they're selling you now to come up first. Uh, Ghostbusters. Okay. The reason why they do that is because you put Ghostbusters, the 2016 will come up immediately. I gotcha. That's why they do this. So basically, that's why like Stallone so basically like called the fourth Rambo just Rambo. So that's basically what your point is: is that relevance is their number one top priority, and if they can get something instantaneous recognition, that's what they'll do. Bingo! It's what they're all doing now, isn't it? I mean, at least we can say, um, unlike Halloween, where they ignored, you know, almost every single, well, every single sequel to 
uh, restart uh, Halloween 2018, at least they're keeping. You the could say that. At least they're not canon. ignoring the other ones. I did read, I think one of the reasons why they're just calling it Scream is like uh, you were just saying, Gov, just for relevance. They don't want to uh, stick a number like a five at the um, at the end of this thing because, yeah, because the number Scream Four yeah. didn't do as well as they hope. So they, you know, they they don't want to see you know people get uh, you know disgruntled with just another sequel, and then you know the, you had the failure of the MTV show, then the subpar resurrection miniseries yeah. whatever that was. Yeah, you know. that's exactly what Quinn just said. Yeah. It has nothing to do with numbers or anything like that. It has to do with content. Exactly, yeah. content value. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the number four. It's just something easy for them to point their finger at. Yeah, because I totally, I totally agree. You know, because things like T2 right. just get totally lost in the shuffle. It's the number two that kills it. I guess we uh, have a lot to talk about and debate, you know, as the months uh, get closer yeah. to uh, – January 14th, 2022. Scream 5 or Scream. The Scream yeah. remake. Screaming scream still. Reboot, whatever the hell you want to call it. Yeah, even if you put an S at the end. Do like an alien thing. Call it Screams. All right. That's What's wrong with that? That's not stupid. What's wrong with that? Stupid. I hate that. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is uh, definitely a topic worth a full show over. So I'm going to cut it there. Um. We're going to uh, change gears a little bit. I want to talk about, you know, because of the pandemic and the crazy year that 2020 has been, here we are, we're, we're coming in on Halloween. I want to ask you guys, with all the madness going on in the world, what's Halloween going to look like well, in 2020 this year? Just off the top of my head, personally, I don't think it's going to be anything as big or loud or extreme as what we're used to seeing. I think that there are definitely going to be more subtle things that are going to be going on. Even something as simple as the drive through haunted experiences or whatever places are calling them. It's going to be a lot more subtle this year, but I definitely think it's going to take a back seat for, for this year, at least, unfortunately. You know, the, the CDC has already uh, put out a do's and don't list and I'll, uh, I'll read those for you guys real quick. So the CDC is saying for Halloween this year, avoid door to door trick or treating trunk or treating Crowded indoor costume parties, indoor haunted houses, crowded hayrides, and rural fall festivals. But what they're saying you can do is pumpkin carving with your family, decorating your home, virtual costume contests, okay, and moving so out with your family. Basically, they don't want you to do anything. And what happens if, like, you're single and you live alone and you were going, you usually go to, like, a friend's house or something like that, or you travel to go see family? What are you going to do? Decorate the house by yourself and run around in a costume? Costume on and Skype. Put a costume on and Skype. I don't understand why there can't be outdoor events. That's what I don't understand. I can understand them saying no indoor things. That I can get behind a, a little bit i can understand that but like outdoor it's open air go up you're being quiet oh jeez, you had to say something to put on a costume thanks ace 
and watch a movie and then talk to people on <laughs> Skype. I don't know about you guys. I do that like three times a week already. I don't need a special day. <laughs> I exactly. I, I say, don't that's your need Saturday night already. a holiday in October <laughs> to do that. What makes it special? You might get a prize for it. Prize of what? I don't know. <laughs> We didn't say it was going to be a good prize, but you get the prize of knowing that you did it. If all I had to do is look at myself in the mirror and congratulate myself, again, I do that at least three or four times a week. Something else we learned. Gov is very bashful about himself. Oh, yeah. (sighs) Unfortunately, in a serious note, unfortunately... (sighs) It sounds like Halloween 2020 is going to pretty much not exist. Whether you're brave enough to go trick-or-treating with your kids or go trunk-or-treating, which just sounds like a recipe for something creepy anyway. um, I don't think people are going to be in the right place or the right safety zone to actually do it well i mean people are certainly trying i know there's a local uh haunted hayride um that you know every year they've turned yeah, their uh, the event into a drive through um we're we're we're, do, we're doing a uh jack-o'-lantern glow drive through and light show um I mean, so there's going to be stuff to do. I mean, they, so it won't be completely canceled. I mean, um, I agree with Quinn. Uh, you know, if it's outside. No, I agree. Why is it an issue? And the three of us, we, we all just went, no. we went apple picking last week. Look at how many people were there. You threw your, you threw your mask on when you got close to people. But when you were separated, you did what you had to do. Circulate even more strict than they normally do. People going into places. Let's say, let's say there is a more open haunted corn maze or something like that. Okay, they're only letting five people in. That's it. Don't let anybody else in for another half an hour. The problem is, is you look at when numbers like that fluctuate, they're immediately quick to point the finger at it's these things that cause it to increase. I'm with you guys. I'm not trying to be a naysayer on this. I think if people had the spine to, they should say, fuck the CDC. Let's go trick-or-treating. Let's give our kids and our families the Halloween that they deserve, especially with it being on a Saturday this yeah, year. That's, not, that's really rough. That's not fair kids because kids don't fully um, – younger kids don't fully understand. Older right. kids might a little bit, but still, even so, kids don't fully understand what's going on. They don't they – don't, get it toddlers aren't going to understand it they just know that they're not going to be able to go trick-or-treating and that's horrible i'm actually surprised about how much kids are understanding of this and how much they are adapting to this in the region i live in i work for an entertainment company and i'm it's a constant struggle to navigate through this covid climate and the things i have been able to do i've been nothing short of surprised about what kids understand about keeping the social distance, keeping the masks on and stuff like that. And we're able to do things that's on a certain level of normalcy and stuff like that. No. And I, I get it. I, I have children. I have a 
toddler and she knows that there is a illness going around and that's why we can't do X, Y, and Z. She, she does get frustrated though. And she's already been asking about trick or treating already. And that's really hard to explain that this whole thing going on is preventing that. And as a kid, that's frustrating. For sure. Um, it's definitely going to be, uh, interesting as we approach, uh, the day closer, um, I guess it's going to, you know, what it's going to boil down to is, uh, you individually, what you're comfortable with and, um, what your, uh, local doctor I, or I personally like to are telling you what you can and can't do. There will be people at the doors yeah. waiting to accept any young trick or treaters and they're not going to turn them away or shut the door on them and stuff like that. I feel, I want to believe that people are going to rise above this despite what the I, CDC I says. So. I hope so. Um, but uh, as we'll just have to wait and find out. It's only, so what, five weeks I'll away now. So how do you we'll feel see. about this uh, climate and no haunted houses, no Halloween Horror Nights, none of that. It, 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 it's weird, man. Um, because at first, I, you know, when they started closing everything down and canceling everything, I thought it was too early to call. And then as the uh, pandemic got worse, I was like, alright, maybe it was a good idea. But now, like, even you're seeing now that Universal open two houses and they're running two walk through houses. People have to wear masks. They're getting through it. No big deal. So why can't any, everybody I, else do the same? I don't. That's kind of where I'm I at. Why, no, I don't even think that's you know, a good idea. It, go ahead. I, I really don't because I mean, unless you have somebody continuously walking with you, what's to say that, you know, Susie doesn't take off her mask halfway through the house and nobody notices. That means you're going to have to have a handler walk with you to make sure that you're keeping a mask on at all times. Is that even realistic? I, I'm saying like in general, you know, what if I, I, what I don't understand is why certain things are acceptable and other things aren't, you know, so Universal can all of a sudden have um, uh, two haunted houses during their horror night season, but yet up here because in upstate I think New that York, Universal's just trying uh, to make money. we can't even have a hayride. And they're throwing caution to the room. Well, the hayrides, I don't see why that would be a problem the because the hayrides are, are open air. Or they're confined to vehicles. Exactly. But a haunted house is a closed indoor space. I don't know what the haunted houses have in store. I'm sure they've done the precautions. I'm sure that it's not your typical haunted house affair. Uh, I got excited when I heard that they were going to do the two houses, one of them being the return of the Bride of Frankenstein. I got really excited. Yay! And the other one's the Tooth Fairy. But... Besides that, think about Florida, and I don't want to upset any of our Florida listeners, if we have any. They are being very irresponsible 
in fact, they're petitioning a no restrictions in this upcoming quarter. Which, looking at it from a business standpoint, I can totally understand this is going to be their busy season. I mean, everybody up here during the winter goes down there. And I get it. I I was born in Florida. That was the busy time. I totally understand. I do. However, I just don't think it's a well thought out or responsible thing to be throwing caution to the wind because you want to make your money back because tourist season is down in profit. From a business standpoint, I understand it, but I just don't think it's responsible. Morally, exactly. it's not right. Exactly. But the good thing that I will say about Halloween taking a little bit of a backseat this year, I'm really hoping that that means that 2021 is going to be so amped up because of stuff that we couldn't do this year that it's just going to explode. And I hope it's something huge and I hope it's something amazing. I really feel like if people are pent up enough, 2021 is going to be insane. Can you imagine the Halloween Horror Nights retaliation? Exactly. After skipping a year? Exactly. Think of their thirtieth year. Exactly. To do a, a legit thirty year anniversary. That's what I mean. To do a like, legit thirty year anniversary for Halloween Absolutely be incredible. This nightmare is over kind of thing. Right. No, um, I'm you know, completely agree with Quinn on that. And uh honestly, I, I think that's a a good uh, note to end there. Um, let's just get through uh, Halloween 2020, make it as yeah. fun as we possibly can, and hope for uh, the most epic Halloween to come next year. Groovy. All right, you maniacs, that's going to do it for us this week. Next week, Quinn has arranged for us to have an awesome interview with an internet celebrity who's about to premiere her latest season of her web series later this month. Who is it? Well, you're just going to have to tune in and find out. And the Gov is going to tell us all about the newest division here at Scarefire as we continue to expand our horizon. So as always, don't forget to like, share, comment, and spread the word. We'll see you next time. Scarefire! (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.